2024 is just around the corner and what delights await us in the world of spaceflight. We're going to have a look forward to try and get you all a little more excited for the new year. And to help us do this, we are once again joined by Tariq Malik and Rod Pyle of the This Week in Space podcast. If we miss anything which you think we need to know about 2024, let us know via our social media pages at Space and Things Podcast on Threads, Instagram and Facebook, or via the contact form on our website. And please consider joining us over at patreon.com forward slash space and things. But right now it's time for episode 174 of the Space and Things Podcast. Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 174 of our podcast. We recorded this show before Christmas, so there's no We Caught Our Eye in Space Flight section this week, but we are still providing you with a weekly dose of Space and Things. If you listened to last week's podcast, you would have heard us talk to Rod Pyle and Tariq Malik about 2023. Uh, Well, we also spoke to them about what we can be excited for in 2024. If you want to know about more about Tariq or Rod, please listen to last week's podcast first or check the links that we put in the show notes, which you can find on our website, spaceandthingspodcast.com, or by clicking the link in the description of this episode on your podcast provider. Anyway, let's crack on with our 2024 preview with Tariq Malik and Rod Pyle. Houston, this is Space and Things Base here. It's time to crack on. So welcome back, Rod and Tariq. Thanks for joining us again. It's time we're looking forward. So what is the one event which you think everyone listening needs to have in their diary for 2024? Tater's the cat. Taters or taters? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dave is like, you're fired, Emily. I wish Tarek would start climbing on him on me again about his cats on the podcast because I just love to give him grief. Um, so Tarek's going to have a, a better answer here, I, I think. For me, and it, it's not a, a mission specific thing, but I have to say, uh, having seen one total solar eclipse in my life, and you know, you you called the the one this year, Tarek, and uh, Ring of Fire. Because that's so space.com. It was an annular eclipse. Okay? That's what they're called. It was, that's what they're it was called. An, no, it was an almost an eclipse. <laughs> it was like the, the dollar store version of an eclipse. Oh, I know most of the sun's covered, but I can't look at it unless I've got you know eclipse glasses. I mean, come on. But coming up in in 2024 in April, April 8th. we're going to have another total solar eclipse. Spring break for a lot of kids, by the way, Rod. That's very exciting. So uh, Emily and Dave, <laughs> sorry, Emily and Dave, I, did you you guys have seen a solar eclipse each? I assume a total. I've seen a part. I've seen a few partials. That's okay. It. I've never seen. I've never seen the full deal, but I've seen a part, a couple of partial ones. Dave, how about you? There was one in the UK when I was a teenager. But uh, yeah. we're, we're a small target compared to your country, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they don't pass over our way very often. But you saw so it for twenty. 20- yeah. 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 There was the big deal. We all had to wear the special glasses and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it was, I can't remember if it was complete or partial, but it was a big deal. Everyone was talking about it. The sky went dark. It was amazing. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that was where I was going with it. It was a transformational moment. I mean, you know, I'm on the other end of life from you guys. The back wall of the cave is getting pretty close, but it was something I really wanted to see. And it was everything I, I could have thought and much more this moment where this, the, 
you know, the sun's finally blotted out. The animals do their, oh my God, it's nighttime, what's going on thing. <laughs> but what I hadn't expected was the sky turned sort of a pearlescent silver almost. At least it did in Oregon where I was. And uh, so I got to see at least one or two of these things again. And I do want to mention before I turn it over to Tark for his answer, if you buy eclipse glasses, please buy them from a legitimate source. Yeah. Tark knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of off-brand Chinese knockoff stuff that isn't made with very much, if any, quality control. And it's not just China, but primarily from China. As a kid, I had a little Tasco two-inch telescope my dad got me when I was about eight years old. And I dragged it out because I wanted to watch the landing of Apollo 12 for my 125-power oh. <laughs> telescope, which didn't work out. But it also had a sun filter that you could screw into the eyepiece. And I put it together. And, you know, in the 60s, you didn't have a lot of parental supervision for anything, except they didn't want you to smoke their cigarettes. So I was out there staring at the sun for hours at this thing, not realizing in the fine print in the instruction book, it says use for like one minute at a time. And so by my late 40s, I had cataracts like nobody's business. Wow. And it was because of that, because it was only in my, my viewing eye primarily. So please save your eyes and, and buy the real stuff that's ISO approved and all that. No, I would, I would agree both with the safety tips there for Rod, but also with the, the eclipse. It is on April, it's on April 8th. Everyone should mark their calendars. It is celestial mechanics, right? The only way you won't be able to see it is if you're not in in the, the the path of of totality which runs in the united states from texas through maine uh or it's cloudy which we we really don't yeah. want to happen it's going to be televised it's going to be webcast uh, across and if you live anywhere near it it's worth the hours of it takes to drive there uh, to, to go do it because i i was in carbondale illinois which will see this same eclipse coming up too it's the crossroads of the eclipse is what they call it and uh back in 2017 and i even you know i thought i knew what it was what i was going to experience and um, and you expect everything to, to go dark. You know in your mind what it's going to happen. And then when it actually happens, it is so freaking crazy and different. And everything just just feels uh, new um, that I, I'm pretty sure I cried. It was it was spectacular. I'm not I'm not ashamed, I, 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 but I really look forward. The, the one drawback from that one was that I wasn't with my family. So this this eclipse, I want to do it and mm. share it with my family at the same time. So that nice. we're all having that same experience because it is like the Apollo moon landings. One of those things that you can share with complete strangers and mm. everyone is in awe over something that is just like, there's no politics to it. It's just what the planets and the moon and the sun does right. Uh, every, every now and then that is one big thing, but Artemis two is supposed to fly in 2024 Absolutely. and we will send for the first time this century right <laughs> and uh people in a spacecraft to circle well to to loop i guess around the moon and uh, good point <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, so they're not going to go into orbit about it but i mean that will be uh i think a, a new moment for space exploration overall for people that follow this because you know when the apollo 8 did this 55 years ago this week as we're recording it when yep. 50 when when apollo 8 went around the moon no one had ever done it before and you had a few TV broadcasts, and that's about it. What we saw with Artemis 1 is that it's going to be televised 24-7. You're going to be yep. able to go and just pull up live views of the Earth or the Moon from the spacecraft whenever you want. Um, and you're going to hear what it's like from these astronauts in near real time all the way out there 
all the way back. And I think that's going to be uh, a a trip like no other to be able to follow along because no, at no other time have we been able to travel as vicariously as we can in space now with astronauts. And I think that it's, this is going to be uh, just the taste of what's to come later when we have people on the ground, uh, on the on the lunar surface or in orbit around the moon in a new fancy space station, which will be exciting too. Uh, all of that stuff. This is going to be, I think, the, the big pace setter for that. Absolutely. Isn't it a real shame <laughs> that this, if this happens next year and, you know, every, all systems go, we're then going to have to wait three years for the next mission. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, at well, least. Yeah, but at least. So <laughs> with Apollo, it was like Apollo 9 that you happened a few months later. Apollo 10 was oh, two months later. There were flights. Yeah, I was going to say there were tights, two months like, later. Every 10 weeks every two in months. some cases. And these incredible missions one building on the next and of course you know we we got to see except for apollo 12 the the television signal from the surface of the moon it's interesting <laughs> when i talk to younger people who don't realize and nor should they that all that launch footage aboard the rocket and the descent footage of the lunar module and, and a lot of the stuff on board was 16 millimeter film that you had to retrieve and imagine the person that had to take that film to the lab and imagine being the lab tech, the lab tech that had to process that <laughs> one reel of film. I mean, the astronauts took a lot of pictures on the surface of the moon, but if you had that one reel of film from the Saturn V staging <laughs> and you messed up, yeah, that was a very, very bad day. <laughs> I, I, and I agree. I, I think, Tark, that's a really good point. It is going to be incredibly exciting. It's a media uh, extravaganza like, like nothing before. My only, you know, you're Dr. Sunshine, so I give you that. You know, my only reservation, and it's not fair to call it a reservation, I guess, but, you know, Apollo 8, and Emily, you and Dave both know this very well, so I'm, you know, speaking to the informed here, that was such a Hail Mary mission. Oh, my God, the Russians have got this big rocket on this pad that's scary. They they will at least do a figure eight around the moon, if not land on it. We better get going. Hey, I know. Let's go into lunar orbit without a lunar module. I'm sure that engine on the service module will work. I mean, I was scared to death and I, I wasn't very old. You know, I was, I, was <laughs> uh, I think I was just becoming a teenager. And the idea that the uh, S service propulsion system could not fire up and park those guys there scared me to death. And I remember as a kid thinking, I must be too young and stupid to understand that they can go out and light a match or something and get that thing working. I know it's hypergolic, but you know what I mean? So, uh, I, you know, I, I'm really excited about the Artemis mission yeah. and you're right, Tark, it's going to be just the kind of footage you've never seen before. I mean, it's going to yeah. be, I don't know if it's HD or 4k. Well, NASA gonna, used to be, they're probably going to try to catch as much as they can. So all the 720, way through, but so. yeah, I suspect it'll be at least uh, 1080 P. So that'll be incredible. I just do. I do wish they had, had designed the upper stages of the rocket in such a way that they could go in lunar orbit, but hey, at least yeah. they're going. Yeah. But, but to Dave's point, you know, this delay between major missions, you know, uh, part of it's the cost of the SLS and part of it's just the way they set the program up this time. And part of it, of course, is delays with the lunar lander. And let's not forget the EVA suits. And the space suits. Don't forget the yeah. space Our suits. Our newest space suits date back to the 80s. Oops. Uh, pressure suits are newer, but in terms of EVA suits. But there's there's a lot a lot of other really exciting things. I mean, Polaris Dawn, we're talking a lot about spaceflight, and I think that's because yeah, we are absolutely. spaceflight people. 
Um, but Polaris Dawn is going to fly in 2024 sometime. Right, right now it's pegged for for April. April. Uh, that will be exciting because it's you've, it's again it's, it's a SpaceX mission, but it's a private mission. Jared Isaacman's second uh, a booked flight, the first private spacewalks in in new EVA suits. Right, that's something that hasn't been done before, and that can set the stage for what might be a new economy for space tourism, if not private, you know, space construction and whatnot. Because we're expecting to see new modules for private space stations in the years after 2024. And we may hopefully finally see astronauts fly on Starliner as well, uh, which, you know, say what you will about Boeing and, and what's going on. Uh, that will be a, a milestone too. And, you know, Sunny Williams, the astronaut has, she's been, she's been waiting a long time to fly that mission. So, so it'll certainly be a milestone for Boeing. Look, it worked. Emily, have you guys had uh, Jared on the podcast for chance? We have not. He's a bit of a get. So we had him at the last, the NSS, we had him speaking at the last um, International Space Development Conference. You know, he's like, oh, you know, I'll, sure, I'll I'll speak at the dinner. And, oh, you want me to talk to the kids? I'll talk to the kids. I mean, this guy was rocket Jesus. He was amazing. He was so giving and kind and genuine. And it was almost like you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. You know, nobody's that kind and generous and nice in spirit. But he is. He's just this one of those guys with that kind of weird glow around him. And I, I just thought he was remarkable. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Tarek, because it's yeah. uh, what he's doing is extraordinary. And the fact that that first mission, you know, the the way he, he wound that in with uh, St. Jude's Hospital, yeah. Uh, yeah. again, there's another one of those, uh, have I got something in my eye moments and I was <laughs> writing about it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you've been writing about about this kind of stuff for a while now, but I, I think these private missions, you know, Axiom have got, uh, Axiom 3 is coming up and they're really ramping up their missions and there's pl plenty of things going on. There's plenty of new rockets as well we've got coming up. Are we going to see new Glenn? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's another one, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Vul Vulcan is, 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 is set to fly January, yeah. uh, this year. Uh, you've got Relativity Space hoping to make a, a successful flight. In, into space but there, there's a lot to come a lot of new stuff alpha uh, or not alpha um astra uh might make a comeback you know they're in, in refinancing the astra was the with this rocket that went took a stroll right yeah the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the one that went, went sideways on the yeah and firefly is steadily ramping up i mean they're doing like a space responsiveness launch just you know just this week for the space force so there there are there are a lot of things to come in, in 2024 there is one non-space flight thing i wanted to, to let you know that is another assured thing um and that is you're not going to talk about your your video game habit are you no no rod that's a whole oh, different good, thing okay. no no <laughs> there is a quote-unquote devil comet that is coming uh to earth in the spring and this is comet c 2023 a3 and i'm gonna get this wrong suchin shan atlas so I'm not. I'm not sure how to pronounce that 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 uh, that name there. Uh, but this is a comet that was discovered uh, just this year, and it's on a trajectory that's going to bring it uh, by Earth in the spring, uh, close by. And it's it may it's so large, it's like the size of Mount Everest that it might actually be visible uh, to the unaided eye, which is always extremely exciting. And some estimates say that it could even outshine the stars in the night sky. Wow. Which would be insanely, insanely bright if it pans out. And I'm really excited because like the solar eclipse of April 8th, 
This is something that is going to happen unless aliens knock it off course, right? Uh, this comet is going to swing by our planet and we will hopefully be able to see something that we haven't seen since 86 when Comet Haley flew by or Hale Bop in the early aughts, uh, maybe even Hyakutake in the 90s, which I got a chance to see uh, uh, from the beach of Malibu, Rod, uh, in, in, at night. It was a really weird green comet. And That's I cool, really, but it's Comet Halley, please. Oh, oh pardon me. Pardon not Haley. There's no <laughs> I in it. So I'm really excited about this one. The most recent images are are from um, like February when they when they confirmed it from the Atlas telescopes. But we don't know like if it's really going to be something that we can see or not. You know, it, it'll be closer to the sun in September of 2024, uh, and then it'll start swinging out. Will it survive? We don't know. Will it be uh, a, a big spectacular comet, or will it be a big fizzle like uh, was it Kahootek, right? Uh, uh, yes. Rod, that everyone got excited about that is the comet of the century. Not and a comet. Then, oh my God, oh wait, where is it? So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I really get excited for those comets when we know that they're coming because we can anticipate them. I traveled all the way down to the bottom of Mexico to see Halley's Comet, the Comet Halley, excuse me. And we were standing on the beach in pitch darkness down south of uh, this town was called Puerto Escondido. It was supposed to be a resort town, but it was one of those things that happens a lot down there where they built two thirds of it and then shut it down and walked away. So it was dark. It was very dark. And it looked like a Q-tip at 10 paces. <laughs> it was not overwhelming. Do we have time for one more weird story? Because uh, I want to get your guys' reaction to this. So Avi Loeb, our favorite kind of wacky astronomer this year, got out to Papua New Guinea and picked up the little, we maybe little bits of his, his meteorite that we think came in from an interstellar trajectory. And I just am fascinated to watch how he does what he does. So here's a guy that's the former chair of the Harvard astronomy department. He, he's not now, but he's still on faculty. And, you know, we of course got to know him when Oumuamua came through the solar system and he said, I think that's an alien machine and people in his business went, blah, 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 what? <laughs> and he built this case and, you know, it was interesting. I don't know how compelling it was because I'm not an expert in that area, but it was certainly interesting to hear him build his case. And it reminded me, you know, watching him, I, I, I have a couple of feelings. One is it's a little bit like going back and, and I don't mean this to be unkind at all. But it's a little bit like going back and reading Percival Lowell's books from the late 1890s, early 1900s. And Lowell, is, as I'm sure your listeners know, was all about canals on Mars, advanced technology. They're, they're digging canals from the poles to the equator to water the, the plants during the summer melt and all this stuff. He was convinced there was an advanced society on Mars. If you read his books and look at how he worked that chain of logic, it makes sense for what they knew at the time. Now, of course, we know better. So when I listened to Avi come out with these press releases, and, and I worked with this guy briefly back in 2015 when I was writing for Caltech. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. He's very reasonable, at least at the time. He was not conservative, but fairly stayed. And then Oumuamua happens, and we get to this thing with Papua New Guinea where they they run this magnetic rake along the ocean floor, pick up some what look like BBs, and within a couple of days, he has a press release out that basically, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, basically said, look, alien technology. And you just don't do that in <laughs> science because you're going to get slayed by not just your critics, but even people that are on the fence about it. And you certainly don't do that 
when you're the the chair or former chair of the astronomy department of one of the most respected universities in the country. So I'm puzzled. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Because it's a real head scratcher to me why he would go this direction and jump. Oh, oh, excuse me. One more thing. I just got a press notice that I'm sure Tarek got too. The documentary, Tarek, did you see? Yes, did you see yes, the, uh, I saw. I the, saw. This, this documentary coming out, it's basically UFOs and cats. What's the truth? And it's got a bunch of people that are, you know, paranormal. I mean, it's basically coast-to-coast AM made for television or, it's or for streaming. paranormal stuff and UFOs together. Like the paranormal Which is even explanation worse. of UFOs. And, and I bring it up because Avi is like a, a central part of this. And then we tried, we were, we're thinking about getting him for the show, but it turns out he's got like this uh, sutured up deal with Netflix, which is another one of those things that is kind of makes you a little uncomfortable when a, when a scientist says, I'm sorry, I have this exclusive with a movie studio. I can't talk to you. And it's like, oh, I see. How do you guys feel about this? I have a couple thoughts, but I'm probably, Dave's probably going to edit them out of the show, but whatever, <laughs> I'll say them anyway. No, 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 go for it. My number one thought is that uh, all I know is that he he publishes stuff on medium.com. And when I beat him at the top of the charts for training articles, it makes my heart very happy <laughs> when I'm number one and I see his article in number two. No I'm self-interest like, there. Yes, that yeah. makes me extremely happy. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm, I'm not no, into okay. the I'll be honest. And you guys probably think I'm awful for saying that I'm not into the alien stuff. I, I personally do not believe it it's not not my thing um it reminds me a lot of brian o'leary in a way because brian o'leary was a legitimate scientist you know and he he uh was an astronaut at one point very briefly but he was an astronaut you know this was somebody who was an who was also a a legitimate astronomer at one point and then you know he got he started working with gerard k o'neill and stuff and he got interested in space you know, habitation, space colonies, as they called them back in the 70s and stuff. Right. And that was kind of semi-fringe, but not really, because O'Neill did a lot of research and stuff, and O'Neill could back it up, at least. He right. had math, he had, hey, this could work, you know? So it wasn't, it was fringe, but not really. And then around the early 80s, O'Leary just went the complete opposite direction into, like, aliens and, and the face on Mars, and maybe the moon landings weren't real. I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of that. It's a little uncomfortable. And uh, I've written a lot about O'Leary. This is somebody I, I think I would have liked had I met him. But I think he just, I don't know what happened to him, but I, he just went the other way in a really startling fashion where he really started to believe in all that stuff. And I don't know why, <laughs> you know, uh, he wrote about it and he talked. There's a lot of things he said about why he went that way. But I, I don't know. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Personally, I'm I'm one of those people, <laughs> I need a lot of evidence to believe in something like that. I'm really not an alien person. I certainly don't believe, uh, as silly and as one-brain-celled as my cats are, I don't believe they're aliens. <laughs> um, I don't believe they're alien life. So those are my personal feelings about it. I'm just not really into it. I'm with you. You know, I, I, I believe there are alien cultures somewhere in space. I don't think we're exceptional enough to be the only ones. But the idea that they're going to load up a starship, go at superluminal speeds, come to Earth, and then, oops, crash at the last minute in Roswell, 
you know, how inept do you have to be to keep coming to Earth and crashing? <laughs> and uh, how small it must your universe be if you find Earth people so fascinating that you're going to infest our culture and wander around, you know, uh, whatever it is. I mean, there's Tarek and I were hearing from somebody on this topic just the other day. that <laughs> they, they walk among us and it's like, well, are they bankers or the Kardashians or what? I mean, it, a lot of that would make more sense than reality. But I'm kind of with you, and I think, you know, who could say it better than Carl Sagan? Extraordinary claims re- require extraordinary evidence. Yeah. I just don't see the evidence. And I think it's wishful thinking on a lot of people's part because they don't want to be alone or they find it cool. Or I think personally, and then I'll shut up, Dave, so you can respond. I think <laughs> what makes it the most interesting to people is like the Who Shot Kennedy conspiracies and other such things. And America loves a conspiracy like no other country on the planet. We are just conspiracy fanatics. It's a fever here. Why is that? I honestly think, and call me a, a little contrarian and, and perhaps elitist, but you know, you don't have to go get a PhD in conspiracy to get on the internet and start spreading the word. All you have to do is read some wacko websites, read a couple of Richard Hoagland's books about the face on Mars and all that <laughs> BS. And the next thing you know, you're an expert and you have an opinion and Dave Giles is an alien, and there you go. Oh, you're not far wrong there. Um, <laughs> I've been an Englishman in New York. Does that count? <laughs> Technically. That took me a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you ever seen, or did you remember when, I can never say his name, Joaquin Phoenix, the guy who played Johnny Cash in that mm-hmm. wonderful movie, Yeah. when he suddenly announced that he was going to release a hip-hop album uh, and he created this whole persona of of hip hop, yes. and then then it all turned out that it was all part of a documentary that was going to uh, uh, similar to this like Netflix kind of like actually it wasn't real. I just was playing up to this thing just because we performance were making, art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Is that not what this could be? Or, or, or I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how to take this guy. I do. I, that's that's my my thought process. Is is yeah. this, is this genuine or is this just it's, him it's trying gotta to be i mean he first of all it, when you're in his position in life how many people have we seen at that level maybe other than elon musk deliberately turn around and pour gasoline on their career and toss yeah. a match so that's part of it and the other part of it is and and i only interacted with him briefly on this one article but he convinced me truly that that he does believe this and he feels he believes it for a lot of very profoundly sound reasons and again like lol when you hear him say it you go oh i guess so and he's a really smart guy right so i'm kind of awed by people like that and i go yeah well, that kind of makes sense and then the next morning you wake up go wait a minute what was i drinking last night so i think your point's really interesting and i hope it's not for money i'll just say that i i would just point out rod just to be a little contrary, that the science world you. does need voices like Dr. Loeb to 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 look to explore different things because without it, we'd still be thinking that Earth was the center of everything, right? And we would, yeah. we, wouldn't, we would, or we would think the sun was the center of everything, and uh, and we wouldn't we wouldn't be embracing all those new things. I think there's an important place for that kind of science. So there is, and I think you're absolutely correct. I would not push back on that at all, except. Uh, up until maybe the last couple of years, I cheered him on for that because it's like, you go, man. You turn around, 
you you push back and you say, wait a minute, we have to consider this and that. It was that press release right after finding the nodules off of New Guinea that I thought, this has crossed a line. It was too soon. He said too much. Yeah, I, I think it discredited him a bit. And I'm sad to say that because I think he's an amazing mind. But uh, then I heard about the Netflix deal and I thought, okay, now this is starting to make a little more sense. Yeah. Cynic that I am. Oh, no, I like cynicism. I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your guy anytime. Yeah, there you go. There you is go. There, is there time for like a shotgun list of like other things that are really exciting in 2024? Please. Uh, at all? Yes. So I just I just wanted to point out really quickly that there's a lot of things that are happening in the space space. Is that redundant to say that? Anyway, um, that, that, that we should all be looking out for because uh, there are no less than one, two... Uh, three, four, like at least four, if not five, private missions to land on the moon in 2024. Mm-hmm. Three of them were slated to land in in January, although I think that the schedule is changing. And one of them is is fueled. The Peregrine uh, lander by Astrobotic is that is going to launch on the Vulcan rocket is fueled and like ready for launch. That's going to be an exciting moment. Uh, so by the end of the 2024, a private company will have la- landed. Uh, a mission on the moon, if not multiple missions, because Astrobotic has two on the books. Uh, and yeah. I think that's going to be a sea change in terms of access, not just to space, but also to the moon for future things. NASA has payloads on some of these private landers, the Viper rover, for example, to explore the Southern pole of the moon for, to look for ice is on uh, Astrobotic's Griffin lander, which is a bigger version of what they're doing. Um, you have uh, Japan's uh, Martian Moon Exploration Mission launching to the moons of Mars in September. Uh, the Europa Clipper mission will yeah. launch to Europa. <laughs> you know, I've seen it at the JPL clean room and it looks That's amazing. Cool. And this time next year, it will be on its way to, to that subsurface ocean to see like what is up there. And I just wanted to kind of highlight, you know, those those types of things. Uh, Europe wants to launch the ESA wants to launch the Hera mission uh, to the asteroids Didymos and Morphos to find out what happened after we smacked it with uh, an asteroid. We didn't talk about that either, but we did that too, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, there's there's a lot of really exciting yeah. things happening, and it showed up in For All Mankind too, as 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 dark, that's which right. I thought was spoiler if you for the latest couple episodes, but it did show up in For All Mankind, which I thought was really cool because I was like, wow, that's sort of a nod to what we actually have done already. But I think it's cool that they shifted it up about 20 years. I thought yeah. that was neat, which would make sense in that reality. But I thought that was cool. Well, and that's that's another big selling point for For All Mankind, you know, because as as uh, as fans of that show know, like everything happened a lot faster. And I think that's yep. the speed that you and I would like to see today's space exploration efforts go yeah. because we should be on Mars from now. It still shouldn't be 20 years off because it was 20 years off when I was a kid. And it was 20 years off when Rod was yeah. a kid. And that is extremely frustrating. So oh, yeah. it was, I was being told it was right around the corner yeah. when I was a kid. Like, oh yeah, 10 years will be there easily. And I'm like, what? Book your Pan Am trip to the moon, right? <laughs> yeah. Now it's, you know, roughly 40 years later and we're still not there yet. It's unbelievable. I mean, we've had, of course, rovers and stuff like that. Not discounting, you know, robotic missions, which are still awesome. Yeah. But still, we haven't had people there yet, but we'll see. <laughs> well, there was some guy... Who was saying he was going to send people there in 2020? Who was that? Oh, I remember. He bought Twitter. Never mind. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. But priorities and all that kind of stuff. Twitter is much more important. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Well, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, Tariq, I, I think those missions are really important. I've got them on. I had actually had that list written down. I'm really glad you <laughs> went through that. I, I think they're really important. And we always get excited about these planetary missions. And uh, th- this year has been one of those years where we've seen good announcements and bad announcements on this front as well. As much as I'm really excited by Artemis, um, sorry, Brick to bring it full circle, I do worry that. Artemis is eating the budget out of all, all the plans that that are, some of them made, and, and some of them are, are good to go projects that that we can't seem to get funded at the moment. We haven't been back to so many places, and some of the Venus missions that were being talked about yeah. in the last couple of years have already been scrapped mm-hmm. or, or put on hold, and and things They're like that hold, worry yeah. they put, they worry me as much as I'm so mm-hmm. excited for Artemis. I think that's it's one of those things we've got to get our heads around. How do we, how do we do it all? And I don't think we can, but I think that, and that's why again we can get excited by these private missions to the moon this year because does that open up, go into these other places, and and are we going to start seeing bigger exploration missions from private companies that we've yet to see? And I think yeah. that's something that's exciting about over the next couple of years that that, that we're not there yet, but. We might be soon. We're close. I mean, Rocket Lab and Peter Beck have announced the first private mission to Venus, right? Ah, and great. that is not nothing. They're a little behind on schedule. I spoke to him at a Space Symposium uh, in 2023, and uh, you know it might slip a little bit. But you know they they've shown that if they're said they're going to do something, then they will most likely do it. And that that is really exciting. I think though you hit the nail on the head when everything comes down to money. Uh, and there there was a time when the folks at NASA thought about shutting down perfectly good missions just because they wanted to save that. And we just saw that discussion come up again in 2023 with New Horizons about Mm. its mission possibly being changed to be more support for heliophysics. And luckily, you know, they dodged that bullet and they can continue doing actual planetary science stuff, uh, you know, going forward. And they got an official mission extension. But that discussion is Well, excuse me. We dodged that bullet collectively because a lot of people in the public, yeah, including they, they a lot of space hipsters, including NSS and a bunch of other people, got petitions signed and did that because to make that happen. The word I got from NASA through the back door, and it was yes, that made a big difference because they were ready to put a bullet in that thing. Yeah, and yeah. what a waste. And, and that's, the new rises I'm talking about. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. You know, you had the the Mars exploration rovers run for you know decades mm. plus. Uh, because they they far outlasted their their initial lifetime. New Horizons has flown by what two, like yeah. <laughs> objects aside yeah. from Eric Hoth and Ultima Thule and and uh, uh, in addition to Pluto, uh, and it's still out there cranking. And and those priorities do, do have to be balanced by what what is a very high cost. Now, eventually, there will not be an international space station for NASA to have to pay for. That's still though several years, if not more. Uh, in in the future, that being said, the human spaceflight part of it is still probably going to dominate a lot of that. SLS is not a cheap rocket, and these other rockets that they're going to be buying flights on are also not that cheap. They're much more affordable. Don't get me wrong, but they do have to pay a little bit more for like insurance and a lot mm-hmm. of other things that add to the cost uh, because NASA needs a little bit more on the bells and whistles done. So that that is going to be a, a bit of a balance. But the fact that you have SpaceX already booked not one, but three trips, I think, uh, to the moon right now, two private ones 
one one demonstration, one landing for NASA. Actually, two landings for NASA because one yeah. is a test, right? Uh, and NASA has opened competition for uh, other other private companies for landers. They will find a business case for their lenders eventually too, and we're going to see things hopefully get a bit cheaper uh, on the private side of things to do those private missions. And I think we're going to see more of them. The first private mission to Mars will be exciting, Rod. I'd like the first private mission to Mars to be somebody like Astrobotic managing to do sample return for less than eleven billion dollars. That that's would be right. very exciting. That's right. That's like that's like a James Webb Space Telescope <laughs> for to Mars. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, that one's, uh, that's something that's happened this last year that's not been fun. The final thing I was going to say is you're coming up to show 100 on uh, This Week in Space. What plans have we got for this year? Well, in about, uh, what is it, three weeks? Start? Yeah, ex- almost exactly three weeks. We have Pam Milroy coming on. Nice. And we're very excited about that. She actually, she photobombed us a couple of <laughs> weeks ago because I was in Phoenix, uh at the space settlement summit and she was there and I'd found this empty office off the side and I was doing the podcast from there. Tarek was, it was in his home office. Next thing I know, all these people start walking and I'm looking around <laughs> and here's Pam Melroy saying, hi, can I, can I join your podcast for a minute? And I'm like, As please just take over. It was kind of funny. Uh, who else do we have? We actually don't book the guests that far out. We've got uh, Steve Fentress coming back. He's an astronomer. And he's written a couple of books on um, astronomy for the common person, I guess you'd say. And he's going to be there to talk about uh, star lore. And I don't remember who else is on the list. Do you, buddy? No, no. We're looking. We're, we're, we're looking. Help. We're looking for people to talk about space with. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and you know, I feel like you know, there's a handful of high-end podcasts on space. You guys being one of them. We're kind of like swapping guests. That I, I wonder if people think. Do you guys like call each other on <laughs> on Friday mornings and say, "Hey, who have you got? Can I borrow them next week?" But but we'll have a lot of guests who we're going to hit those 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 live. So we talked about the eclipse. We talked about the comet. Yeah, we're going to be talking about those with our columnist Joe Rayo, uh, who is really great at uh, not just sharing the excitement about what people need to look forward to, but also how they can prepare and get the most out of those rare occurrences as as they come up so hopefully we're going to get some of these movers and shakers for these missions we were just talking about you know we space.com just spoke with um reed wiseman this oh week, nice uh commander oh, wow. of artemis 2 um not for the podcast at all but uh you know th- those those discussions that training is going to be going on we want to talk about tell those stories as much as we can so i think we should issue a public challenge to each other oh, okay here we Wherever go it gets like musk this. on first <laughs> We well, didn't discuss this wins. in advance, Rod. What is this? So, oh, whoever God. gets Elon first wins. Whoever <laughs> gets Elon first gets to have Emily's cat. How's that? <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Oh, He's not. He's I'm been trying to get kidding. my chair for like the whole like last year and a half. So. Well, that's because you keep falling out of it and banging it up. I want to yeah. save it from its fate. That's Sorry, Emily. Funny. I was just kidding. Okay. No, it's. I think it's funny. I, I love think your it's cat. funny. Bandit. He's right over it. Yeah, he's over there. Bandit, what's up? Okay, says, bud. Don't let he's that mean chilling. man have me. He's curmudgeonly. <laughs> Dave's look at the clock saying, come on, guys. Come on, guys. We've got to wrap this up. No, I like that challenge. Uh, I, I, I'm certain that you will win. I mean, after all, you're the one who's been inside Hawthorne. So you've definitely got the uh, got the edge on the contacts there, haven't you? I saw him for like 30. So I, I interviewed Gwit Shotwell for like 45 minutes. And and it was a great interview. And we're in their conference room, which 
is this little tiny, you know, everything's kind of ad hoc. And when I first walked in, I thought, oh, how unusual. They have this big black marble table until I sat down and looked closer and it was spray painted plywood. <laughs> and that is so SpaceX, you know, it's like whatever works. So we were there talking. She was very gracious. It was great. And then she was looking past my shoulder because one wall was glass windows. And she suddenly gets nervous and says, um, I got to go and gets up and like leaves right in the middle of a question. And I look and there's there's Musk back there pacing back and forth like a tiger. He he had to like grab somebody and do do some. Uh, well, I, he didn't yell, but, you know, <laughs> some informing, some managing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that was my only experience with him. But, uh, hey, we'll try. Wow. And the other one I want to get is not necessarily Jeff Bezos, but I want to get somebody from Blue Origin. And I'll let Tarek ask the question because he'll put it in a better way than I would. But I want to say, look, I know you've got plants in Kent. You've got plants in Texas. I've seen your plant at KSC. And I see all these trucks with metal and rolls of aluminum and stuff going in the front door. And nothing comes out the back. And it's like, you guys have been around two years longer than SpaceX your company's getting kind of constipated, you know, when are we going to see a rocket? <laughs> so it, it's a very simplistic way of putting it. I realize there's a lot of factors. Atarik's giving me that, that worn out look. Did he you gives not me whatever see he their most recent tweet with the photo that showed the hardware in the background? It was very exciting to see the core stage of New Glenn back there yeah. in whatever state it's in. But at least we got to see it. So, so the, and let me just, uh, then I'll shut up after this. I used to teach university, University of Laverne. I was there for about 10 years. And I remember uh, we were doing a taught mass comm class that everybody wanted to take my class because they thought it was an easy A. And it wasn't. But there were some kids in there. This is about 2005. And I was showing some footage. I think we were doing a unit on propaganda uh, film. And after it was over, uh, one of the kids raised their hand. And I said, yes. And he said, um, what year was it we landed astronaut on Mars, uh, astronauts <laughs> on Mars? Because he had seen so many simulations of it, including some of NASA's very, very <laughs> good CGI, that he was convinced that it already happened. So um, I'm convinced that what you saw was probably CGI rendering of uh, that rocket stage. But maybe not. You're the journalist. You're the expert. I defer to you. Stop looking at me like that, Tari. <laughs> I know that look. Like somebody shut Rod up. Somebody give him his medication. Okay, I'll well, I I wish you all the best uh, for for 2024, and and thank you very much for joining us and, and yeah. talking through last year and what we have to look forward to, and uh, and yeah, but let's let's do this again. This was a lot of fun. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank Appreciate you for having you guys. Space and Things podcast launching from your favorite podcast platform every Thursday. We didn't mention this last week. We should have done. Rod and Tariq are amazing. I know we mentioned that, but what an honor it is to have them on the podcast, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, they're both really amazing people. Uh, I, I know I've known Rod forever, and he's a wonderful person and, a, and an amazing editor. I've written some articles for Ad Astra, um, and and Tariq, of course, is somebody I really look up to as well. You know, just with Space dot com and everything he's done. So yeah, they're spectacular guests. I'm really really humbled that they're on the. On the show, we have some guests that I'm just like, how did we get, how did we get, why are they talking to us? You know, not that, not not that, you know, we don't deserve that, but sometimes I'm just, I look at our guest lists and I'm like, dang, like these are really 
amazing guest. Just blows my mind that we've gotten to talk to so many awesome people. So absolutely, I do feel the yeah. same way. I mean, I, I listened to their podcast, so then to hear the two of them having their repartee during our thing is really cool. It's like, oh yeah, this is happening on our show. This is amazing. This is really cool. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I don't feel like we we talked about how exciting it is that we have these two with us last week. And it is cool. I'm, I'm very, really happy we managed to have them on there. And that was a really interesting conversation. Uh, I, I am really happy that, that Tariq pointed out things like the Europa Clipper mission, which is happening. Yeah. And and, and went through that little list of, of other missions that we've got to look forward to. And the, the three yeah. missions that land on the moon that are from private companies this year. Yeah, uh, next year. That's it's so cool. It's such an amazing time to be alive. Yeah, we we're kicking right off with the Vulcan Centaur launch. It's supposed Absolutely. to go. Supposed to go. I say supposed to because, of course, you know, rocket launches are always susceptible to change. Uh, so I don't want to say this is a hundred percent going to happen on this day, but it's scheduled for January eighth. For me, <laughs> watching that thing, I'm hoping it lands. Obviously, I'm not trying to jinx it, but landing on the moon is not easy if it was easy everybody would have been able to do it it's not the same as landing on mars but there are been people who've tried to land on the moon and mars who haven't quite made it and it you know if it was like i said if it was easy everybody would be able to do it right so yeah. um i will be biting my nails during that one i really hope that's a success because i think if that's a success that's just going to open the door for it's going to open the door for just tons of cool stuff on the moon you know all of a sudden it means that, you know, not only NASA has to go to the moon, we can have private companies going as well, conducting maybe their own research or their own things. I know there's ethical issues aside from that, you know, what that could be a whole other episode of getting into, you know, the space treaty and who owns the moon and stuff like that. But go and look exploration of the moon up on Wikipedia, right? Do a very basic search of it. There really haven't been a lot of moon missions there hasn't been a lot of lunar exploration. That's our closest satellite, our closest natural satellite, I should say. You know, and it's like, I, to me, if that's successful, that's just going to blow open the door for a lot of things. I know that probably throws us into a for all mankind like situation, possibly. You know, I don't want to spoil the new season too much. That's a that's another exciting thing about this year. We got a new uh, season of for all mankind in 2023, and it's still ongoing. But um, I know. Private companies exploring deep space, that's a whole other can of ethical worms, but it does excite me to see, you know, okay, there's more than just one show in town as far as us going to the moon. You don't have to be locked to a NASA mission to have a chance to go to the moon. Maybe in the future we'll see private astronauts walking on the moon, which would I think would be awfully cool. And I, you know what? I think the surviving Apollo guys would be happy to see it. You know, I don't yeah. think they would be mad at I don't think they would be mad about it. We'll just put it that way. I think they'd be happy to see anybody go back to the moon at this point, you know, because it's been over 50 years since we've been there. I like that he brought up the missions that are sort of um, building on DART, you know, the asteroid mission. I think uh, uh, that mission still blows my mind. So I like the fact that he brought that up as well, because that's still one of those missions that I'm like, did we really do that? Yeah, we did. There was pictures of it, you know. And do, do, do you know what, what blows my mind though is that impact date was September 2022. Yep, that feels like yesterday. How is it over yeah. a year ago? How is that a thing? Anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah, but I was seems looking like it up. just happened. I thought it was. I thought that would have been in this year's review. I was like, oh yeah, we got to talk about Dart. Oh no, we don't. <laughs> that was the year yeah. before. It's crazy I how how much is going on, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, I think it's still so big in our our psyche. Sorry yeah. to bring up another spacecraft <laughs> that launched this year, or 2023. I think it's it's such a it has such a long shadow because it was just so awesome. And there's still missions that are going to build from what we learned from that that are going to be going on next year. And we haven't they haven't even cracked open o- Osiris Rex yet. The the actual uh, whenever they whenever they figure that out. Um, that's going to be cool to see a lot of the science results from that. I think that'll be awesome as well. So a lot to look forward to in 2023. I'm still very excited to see and and nervous to see how the Starship saga uh, will go. And oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm hoping to see Artemis 2 go around the moon. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, I'm hoping to be there this time. Last time I kind of gave up because of the scrubs and I'm not, dissing nasa at all i understand why they scrubbed it several times because when it did go it was per it was dang near perfect so i really hope to see a moon launch up close this time we'll see we'll see yeah no, that's a very 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 good point i think i need to try and make as much as i'm literally now thinking yeah. i need to be keeping an eye on when those that perspective launch date's going to be when those launch windows are going to be and be ready to come over yeah, and, we got to cover that, that, man. We, well, I, I, how could I not be at the the first humans to go to be launched to the moon in my lifetime? I mean, exactly. it's everything I've always wanted, and I I have to be there for that. I mean, it, I, there's a good chance I won't be, but I've got to try. Yeah. Um, I'll be devil's advocate. Yeah, you got to be here for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> gonna, well, it's not that I won't want to be, but you know, I may, I may book two weeks to come over and it not happen in that two week window, that, and then I've got to get home. It, it, it's exactly, but, but, but it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you've got to try, you know, got to try and be there for that. So yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing. I, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to this year, and I'm, I'm excited. I think the other thing we and we didn't talk really about this in our review of last year. But the one thing you have to be a little bit blown away by is the frequency of those Falcon 9 launches now. Yes. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if we get well over 100 launches just from SpaceX, just on the Falcon 9 across Vandenberg and Kennedy Space Center over the course of 2024. And exactly how many they managed to do I don't know, but I, I mean, I don't know if there's enough payload customers for, for it, but the frequency this year has been outrageous. And if they maintain that, then it's it's really, really quite special. I mean, it really is like it's become an airport now, isn't it? Kennedy Space Center. It's yeah. not, it's incredible how, how many rockets are going up each week. Um, yeah. ima- imagine living there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but as somebody who lives not far from there, if it, the weather is good, you can go out and see a rocket launch once a week. It wasn't as crazy. Like, I remember vaguely 1985 when I'll, we had a, for that year, we had a lot of shuttle launches and it seemed like one was going every month or so. And this is like every week. This is just nuts. It is to me like unprecedented and I'm interested to see what it looks like next year because it's just I'm like we're gonna probably see one close to every damn day you're also looking at almost getting a number of crewed launches up to that level of 1985 as well if you think if all the missions that are currently planned happen because yeah you, you've got the not just the 
the crew swaps for the ISS. So I think we've all got crew eight in a couple of months and then obviously crew nine later in the year. So that will be two. Axiom threes going up. Uh, you've got Polaris Dawn going up. So that's four. I imagine Axiom four will go up this year as well. I can't yep. imagine it won't be. Then you've got Dreamliner seven. Then you've got Artemis two. You, you know, suddenly you've got all these flights and, and you're looking at one every two months, one almost every month. Yeah. Of crude flights from Florida. It's almost like Apollo times when they were flying a lot. We're flying a lot. And, and then that's exciting. Not to forget all the suborbital missions that we've got happening in other parts. Yeah. You know, Blue, Blue Origin got uh, a, a New Shepard rocket back in flight last week. Didn't have any humans on, but that might happen again soon, which would be good to see. Uh, Virgin Galactic seem to be up in the pace of their suborbital flights. So there's going to be a lot of human activity in space over the next year as well. And I, I'm all for it. Things can be great. I'm hoping if Artemis 2 goes up, I can go. It, uh, if it goes this year, I don't know if it will or not yet, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that because, man, who doesn't want to see the first crude human moon launch in like over 50 years? I mean, who doesn't want to, who wants to miss that? I'd love to see it. So just yeah. to say, you know, I don't have any kids or anything or grandkids, but just to, just to be able to be like, yeah, I saw that, you know, and yeah. I think that'll be very special that, oh my God, you know, we've started going back there. Finally, <laughs> after all these years. After all these years. After the moon's not haunted, y'all. <laughs> We're going yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, just ch- changing the subject again. I'm also excited to see what books come out this year. As we all know, yes. I love a space book. Last year, we had so many great books. There were some wonderful space shuttle books. And I wonder what the direction of traffic will be in terms of books this year. Uh, and and, yeah. and how many we're going to get? I love a space book. And I'm, I'm almost running out of space on my shelf, actually. And I'm going to have to I'm get excited. a new shelf. I know for a fact there's going to be some new awesome space books this year. And I'm really excited to see, I'm very excited to see uh, one in particular get published, but we'll talk about that later. So I look forward to hearing about that. Um, Also, I'm excited by the idea that you and I may be getting in a room together to record a podcast, which we've yet to do. And uh, we haven't spoke about it yet. Uh, we'll perhaps we'll let our patrons know over the next couple of weeks w- what our plans are. But in the next few weeks, you and I uh, will be somewhere together recording podcasts, which will be a lot yes. of fun. So um, that, yes. that's another big 2024 ambition. Get some more stuff like that done and, and hopefully uh, have a really good year with the podcast and, and lots of lots of exciting things to be talking about. So um, yeah. I'm excited and about it. Before I wrap, we wrap this up. I just want to bring up: uh, there are going to be some cool space history anniversaries in 2024. The first one I can think of is the, I think it'll be the 40th anniversary of the uh, first untethered spacewalk. Nice, uh, which is STS. I think it was 41B in uh, 1984. So that's an anniversary. Uh, of course, the Skylab uh, last Skylab mission splashdown, 50th anniversary. And also the 55th, I can hardly believe this, uh, anniversary of Apollo 11, which to me is crazy that we're celebrating the 55th anniversary of that. Yeah, so, 50 seems like and yesterday. Apollo, and Apollo 12 as well. Yeah. So, um, And I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I, we don't have any Gemini 60th anniversary. No, that's this next year, year isn't it? Like, that's next year. Yeah, yeah, but that's still crazy that... I'm like, they were flying those almost 60 years ago. That's that's insane. That's crazy to me. Like, to me, it still looks, those photos look brand new to me. 
So yeah, a lot of cool space flight anniversaries coming up, and we'll probably discuss them further this year. Yeah, and and the, the 50th anniversary of the first ever mutiny in space as well. I read this week online uh, is coming up. <laughs> yes, it is December 29th. I think the day is December 28th or 29th. Oh, so there we there we that go. They, yeah, it's, that it's, they it's, pinned it's, it on. Which is hysterical this, because... It's the day this podcast yeah. comes out. Be thankful, look, everyone, that we haven't done yeah. an episode on that. Yes, exactly. That we did not do an episode on that Because there'd be a lot of expletives. Yes. Oh, my God. That whole episode would be like, an, like have an E on it. Like, not safe for kids. Do not, do not let your kids around this one. Parental advisory. Please do not let the children around this one. Yeah. No, today, this, yeah, this week is the 50th, or next week is the 50th anniversary, as we're taping it, of the uh, alleged mutiny that never happened in space. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I should make a post about it, just in jest or something, and then uh, put up, I've written, obviously, I've written a few articles about how it actually never happened, so that would be pretty funny. But, yeah, I think they pinned it on a couple days, and it's funny, if you go into the transcripts, nothing happened those days. Nothing! It's because they were on strike, Emily. <laughs> like they, were just like minding their, they were minding their business just being polite like they I'm were like, standing what? around a table and the commander was was leading them with, with a chant strike 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 yeah. strike yeah attica attica <laughs> like what the hell like what the hell in space yeah and he had a beard and stuff he was like that's why they were growing the beards because so they could look like fidel castro that's absolutely. why they had the beards it was absolutely yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. And we may, I mean, as I mentioned last week, we may have some vertical launches from the UK as well. So that could be exciting yes. as well. But um, yeah, once again, really pleased that we had Rod and Tariq on. And if you haven't listened to their podcast, please go and check that out. Um, all information will be in the show notes. And if you want to check out the full unedited interview, and it was really fun. Uh, we had a lot of good, uh, a real good time chatting with them. It was a long, long session last week and this week's interviews both came from that one session of sitting down with them. Um, please check it out on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash space and things. Celebrating the 50th anniversary of Skylab. This is Space and Things. Right, that's it for this year. We'll be back next year to start 2024 with our 175th weekly episode. That's pretty crazy. So just a reminder, we're planning on doing 200 podcasts. We will carry on past that number if we get to 100 subscribers on our Patreon page by that date. So you've got 25 weeks. That's about five months, four or five months. And we're currently on 72 subscribers so we're a little bit of work to do so if you like what we're doing and want us to continue until the end of 2024 but you're not yet a patreon subscriber please do head over to patreon.com forward slash space and things and sign up yes and a big thanks to those of you who have already done that uh we're also aware that not everyone is able to do that but there are plenty of ways you can help us out without doing that like hitting the share button and putting our podcast in your feeds Real stories and threads. You are the marketing budget that we do not have. So we hope that you've had a great 2023 and that 2024 brings you a lot of happiness. Thanks for listening this year. And don't forget, in space, no one can hear you meet. Thanks for listening to the Space and Things podcast. Back next Thursday with a brand new episode.